All right, what's up, guys? I'm lucky to be joined by Jiren this week. I was able to, you know, get the show coordinated this week, where it seems like the last week we both had things going and we just couldn't make it work. Um, so, what's up, Jiren? Welcome, man. Thanks for having me back, Shy. Glad to be back on the show. Yeah, easy. All right, so this week's show, I kind of wanted to start with something like a little off the cuff. Uh, obviously going around in the world right now there's some really serious stuff maybe some people don't think it's that serious but the implications so far have been pretty serious as far as how it's affecting people's daily lives um and that's the coronavirus obviously and for many of us the other uh the implications that this virus has had has really changed our daily lives like i haven't watched sports in a week i'm like going into withdrawals what about you jaren how's it been affecting you well, uh, we're closed uh, in the middle of last week, so <clears throat> it's uh, it's weird. You know, I was going to take a vacation, and obviously that got canceled as well, but I guess I still get my work vacation. But it's just kind of weird sitting at home, not really being able to do much. Yeah, and I mean, you know my situation. I sold the my my portion of the company that I that I own before all this happened, so I'd already been off work for like a month trying to find like a new gig that really interests me since I, I guess, can afford the independence to do that but um holy shit am i bored and i'm just like dying to get back to work which is weird to say and i wanted to like do some traveling and stuff like obviously you guys know i did the trip to toronto but like i had some other stuff i had in the pipeline like i wanted to go to europe but obviously that's not gonna happen now but um nope, yeah not right now. no no and like you know jiren i mean i talk to you every day you know last week i was like so fucking sick to the point where like i was getting in my own head a little bit because like i had the flu and I had the flu for, like, mm-hmm. six days. Like, I was down for almost a week straight. And I was, like, getting in my own head, like, bro, you're going to have to go to the fucking hospital. And you're going to be a lab monkey. <laughs> so, I was Thought really, was over for dude, I was really, like, I, like I said, I was just in my own head. I was getting scared. And uh, luckily, you know, I just had bronchitis and a double ear infection. I'm just now starting to get my hearing back. But, and man, for, like, a week there, like, even more than a week, it sounded like I was just, like, underwater. It, it was brutal. Yeah. Yeah. So, you on antibiotics? Yeah, I got antibiotics and the, just going into the uh, doctor's. Uh, well, I went to urgent care, and then the first thing that happened was I had a temperature gun pointed right at my forehead, and I was like, dude, just put it with, fill it with a real bullet right through the temple. I just want to get out of here, man. I don't care if it's in a body bag. This is miserable. So, yeah, then I went to my <laughs> primary care the next day, and he took care of me, and I was just like, holy shit, dude, this is crazy. He's like, I have never seen anything like this. This guy's like, probably mid 60s so like he's kind of spooked i'm like jesus christ but obviously uh another thing too like um i told you about this jiren but like the reason that i didn't get a show out last week i know a lot of people were asking jiren and i where the show was but uh my grandma actually got taken to the hospital for a pacemaker issue and congenitive heart failure and dude it was just like a fucking nightmare just like the logistics of everything because no one could go with her because like the corona scare she can only have one person go with her, only have one visitor every 24 hours, and that visitor ha- could not have been traveling or, like, left the state. Like, they locked it the fuck down. So, like, I was pretty much, like, accepting the fact that I was never going to see my grandma again. And, like, they took her in, and <laughs> she was there for a couple of days, and they brought her out. But, like, I was, like, I mean, I was pretty fucking depressed. I was pretty much sold on the fact that I was never going to see her again. And I was getting really down. Now, then. Yeah, but just, like the whole the whole inhumane coldness of it like shit got real real fast because like i said you can only have the one visitor 
and no one could be uh-huh. no one could actually be in the room with her like they had to be in the lobby and it was just like it seemed like super like impersonal and like if this was going to be you know her last kick of the can i would have loved to seen her just stay home and be surrounded by family but that's what's going on right, right. now like shit's changing everything's so fluid and it's fucking crazy and i mean like then you know my mom and dad are you know looking at the possibility of planning a funeral when you can't gather with more than 10 people like shit i mean dude like i said shit got real Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of us are basement nerds playing this online hockey league, so we don't really have to worry too much about the social distancing. But if, you know, if you're one of the guys that isn't really taking it serious, take it from me, someone who is on the fence, and, like, seeing how the real world, I guess, couldn't come fucking crashing down that quick. Like, the, the hospital system's completely overloaded. And they're, they're, they're just stretched so thin. It's fucking crazy. One thing I'll say is, um, <clears throat> added on to that, even if it's not maybe so serious as someone's, you know, might pass away from it. Just think about it this way. The more you stay home, the sooner we can all get back to work and, you know, not be broke, be able to pay our bills and stuff like that. So yeah. just keep that in mind. Yeah, and, like, that's, like, for me, like, obviously I have this situation where, like, I want to go be able to see my grandma again because it's, she's 92 years old. Who knows how much time I have with her. I'm not going to keep resetting this fucking internal quarantine clock because I go out to the bar or go to the store and shit like that, because you never know who you come in contact with. Shit's fucking crazy. I do think some of it's been blown out of proportion, but I think the majority of it's very fucking real, and people need to take it upon themselves to really take a nip this in the bud and at least try to be responsible for yourself, which will end up being responsible for others. Okay, so now let's get that shit out of the way. That that was the uh, the somber opening that you guys were waiting eagerly for after not having an episode for two weeks. So, as we've been doing every week, 98's kind enough to give us some sort of power ranking going into the week. Like I said last week, wasn't able to get a show up, but he did send me his power rankings. I'm going to use those. I don't think there was too many changes from last week to this week with these teams, so I feel comfortable enough using his uh, power rankings. And uh, Afterwards, Jiren and I will expand on some of the risers and fallers. So first, he did three risers and three fallers. His first riser is the Chicago Blackhawks. He said, let's ignore their week one disaster. The Hawks have lost five games in regulation over a 27-game stretch. It's safe to say they have figured it out and are starting the mesh. So that's very true. And to build off of that, they went 8-2 and two this week. So did not slow down at all. And then the next team that he put was the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're 18-4 and four in their last 22 games. Bodie just doesn't lose games. He's 12-0 and 0 this season with a career 63-5-4 NHL record. Side note, his CHL record is 41-3-4, so he's 104-8-8 in his LG career. Not bad. Jaren, we played these guys during the week. I think that uh, we played these guys really tough. It's going to go down as a 3-0 loss for us, but I think it was a 1-0 game, and I think Bodie and the boys would be the first to admit that they were probably sweating because I thought we were throttling them for the majority of the game. Definitely thought we had the upper hand until that last little bit, and then we had to open it up, and then the five really... It was hard, but uh, I really think that was a one-goal game. <clears throat> Either way, I'm sure they'd be more than happy to admit that as well. Yeah, no doubt. And it, it also goes to, like, we're not, like, shit-talking them by any means. We're just saying that we thought we played a, a very good line, very tough. I think that they they proved to us why they are considered, you know, a top line because we thought we were playing, giving them everything, you know, that they could handle. And yep. they just weathered the storm and ended up capitalizing on our mistakes. And, you know, like I said, it's a 3 nothing, It's a 3 nothing win for those boys. So next we go to Toronto. 
They have five losses in their past 18 games. The Leafs are probably a lock for the third spot in the division. I do not see them passing Boston or Tampa, but it's nice to see them bounce back. This team's got a lot of like the normal characters from the league that we're that we're used to hearing. Obviously, Devin and the boys have a very good squad. I cut out. Oh, like on the connection. I said yeah, yeah. I said that uh, Wes Gilbs and Devin have a very good squad going. Obviously, they have uh, some guys putting up some big numbers. Uh-huh. They, they it just seems like they have like through and through the lineup. It's they have so many names. Like you go, you got uh you got Rhodes, you got Slim, <laughs> you got Unique Sniper, and then obviously uh, Donnie Bra and all the boys like Gilbs, Devin, and Wes. So like they have they have a lot of name power. <clears throat> I really don't have much to add. Just, I think you kind of hit it on the head. Yeah, and I think these boys uh, c- continued their their winning ways. Yup, they had an eight one in one week, so they're staying red hot. Um, Pittsburgh went six, three and one last week. Forgot to mention that. So they slowed down a little bit, but obviously they're still doing well. They're second in the division firmly there. And then next we'll go to the followers of the league. The three that, uh, 98 gave us were the New York Rangers. He says he always wants to give teams the benefit of the doubt, but in this situation, I can say, I told you so. The Rangers started out hot winning seven of their first 10 games. Since week one, they've gone seven and 20 coming off a one and eight week. So these boys have had a rough stretch. It's been uh, it's been pretty apparent that they're trying to do whatever they can do to stay above water as far as moving people. Um, so yeah, these guys are just in a tough spot right now, and they're they're just grinding. They just got to keep grinding. So next, he had in yep. the Fallers a uh, team we're super familiar with. Uh, a lot of our friends on this team. Well, a lot of our friends were on this team. Were yeah. I mean, usually when you're not doing well, you want to keep your boys close, but these guys did not think that was a. Uh, the right choice apparently so that would be the new york islanders they also went one and eight this week and four and 15 in their last 19 and uh give me one second to check that what they did this week they went well they're one and nine in their last 10 so they're not they, they did not win too many games maybe one more but they're they're really falling hard uh they started the week on fire but like i stated in previous rankings when you only get third lines for the first few weeks it can inflate a team's records this is something that we were very conscious of ourselves during. We made mention of that. And then it seems like, you know, uh-huh. once the other teams, maybe whether it be availability or some guys just wanted, you know, a softball for the week, these guys have been getting hammered. Yep. I agree. Yep. So next is the team that we talked about a lot. We really wanted to see this team do well. We were, we were definitely big supporters. We were rooting for them, but the LA Kings. There's not much to say here. They got screwed big time in the in the preseason. Obviously, we've covered that. I was hoping they'd had enough talent, depth to overcome the loss and still be a bubble team, but the wheels are coming off the wagon fast. 2 and 8 in their last 10, 5 wins in their last 18. So, that's uh that's that's not good. I mean, it's tragic. They came out they came out pretty decent. We were pretty happy for them. I think they went 5 and 4 then 6 and 3 and then like he said, it just seems like the wheels have just come off in the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And they've been making a ton of bad. moves, a ton of moves too. So it's too bad. I really wanted this team to do well, especially given the um, bad hand they were dealt. But uh, it just doesn't look like they're doing too hot anymore. Yeah, and then um, 98 slipped this in, and I'm glad that he did because you know this guy's been putting together this thing, and he's never once said anything about his team. So it's good that we're gonna give him some mm-hmm. props here. I never like talking about my own team, but Seattle has four regulation losses in 36 games. We are on pace for 139 points. That's three more points than our cup-winning Oilers team from season 33. Shout out to my season 33. Well, shout out to 98 season 33 Oilers gang going 66, 12, and 4 in the regular season and 16 and 2 in the playoffs and hosted 
Lord Stanley. These guys have not slowed down. They went 7-1-2 and two this last week, or, well, their last 10, so they're still rolling. They're firmly ahead of everybody else by five points. They're up five points on Tampa, so they are the leaders for the President's Trophy race right now in the clubhouse. Anything on Seattle, Jaren? Uh, they've been rolling, but I think like most people predicted, they're at the top of the league because they have they have the depth, they have the core, and uh, I can really see this team taking another or taking a run at Stanley this year. Yeah. So yeah, I was really this was my, when we did the Pacific. This was my team that I said was going to win the division hands down. I know you you were a big yep. LA guy, but afterwards I just couldn't <laughs> that was, even even that was, beforehand that was before the quit. even yeah I know but even beforehand I was huge on Seattle so good to see these guys making me look super smart all right so who do you have um let's look at the let's look at the wild card races let's see if there's any teams that jump out to us and teams that we think might make a move up the standings so who do you yep. got so one team I'd like to point out <clears throat> is uh Calgary you know I believe at the beginning of the season they weren't really doing too hot definitely uh, a definitely slow start turned it around Yep, definitely a slow start. Now they're back in that um, race for the wild card spot. Actually, for the division spot, excuse me. They're tied with Vancouver. Uh, the end of the week, winning five. And I just remember this team being at like seven or six. And then they made like a lot of trades. And just since then, they've been rolling, getting back into it. Um, Colorado's been flipping their roster quite a bit. They're kind of on the edge there. Uh, they'd probably want to make a move here to... <clears throat> um, get back into it. They're down by five points on Minnesota. So they're definitely going to want to maybe try and shore up some defense. I think that has saw a lot of high scoring on both sides for their games. Yeah, so, so the one thing that Colorado has done, you just mentioned making moves, they have had yep. a goaltending carousel. And I think they finally yep. have two goalies that they can trust. So I, I would expect to see them do well going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, Another team that's my bad, you up, go. although I don't, Another team I'd like to point out is the Red Wings, who I believe started off real cold on the season, and uh, they were able to step it up. Now they're in a playoff spot. They have that second wild card, so they're going to want to hold off the Blue Jackets, who are only three points back. Uh, They're going to want to make a – the Blue Jackets are probably going to want to make a move to try and catch up to them, but I think as long as the Red Wings keep going with the way they're doing, uh, they'll be just fine. Yeah, and the thing that I've noticed, too, with the playoff race – the Metro and the Pacific, these guys are going to be, and I mean, it's only the end of week six. Things can change very quickly, but as of right now, first glance, these teams really need to start accumulating points to get into the playoff race because like Carolina, Pittsburgh, New Jersey, I think they're pretty consistent. They're pretty battle tested. They're not going to give away too many points. So a team like Columbus really needs to start stacking up the points and catch up to like a Montreal because I think it, uh-huh. I think it's going to be coming down to a, uh, a wild card race for most of those teams. Like you mentioned, uh, Calgary, I think San Jose and Vancouver are going to have to really fight for that third spot in the Pacific because as of right now, the wild card race, they are eight points down of Minnesota and they are three points down of Cal- uh, Colorado. But like I said, three of those teams are tied for third in the in the Pacific Division. So two of those teams are going to, I think, get the shaft as of now. Who knows? Maybe they yep. both catch fire, and then you could see Colorado bumping out. But like we we're anticipating Colorado to do well. So I don't know. I think the uh, I think the Western uh, the wild card battle in the West is going to be really tight all the way the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. All right. I agree with you on that. All right, and then uh, just wanted to highlight the division leaders we have in the Metro. We have the New Jersey Devils leading by six points over Pittsburgh. In the Eastern Atlantic, we have Tampa leading by six points over Boston. In the West Central, we have Chicago 
leading Winnipeg, same amount of points, just a different, you know, the ROW. And then in the Pacific, we have the Seattle Thunderbirds leading by 12 points over Edmonton, which Edmonton, kudos to them. They've been super, super uh, consistent. They seem to uh, proven they uh-huh. have staying power. I know at the beginning they were kind of, even like their guys were kind of like, I don't know, this is like, hey, this is really great. We're just going to ride it out. But they have been playing yep. very, very well, and they look to be legit, and they'll be here for the playoff run. Yep. Uh, I know a lot of people doubted them at the beginning, myself included, and now they're second in the Pacific, so good on them for that. Yep. Proved a lot of people wrong. For sure. Now, what do you think about teams like Minnesota? Like, we've played them enough where we've seen what they're capable of. Are they going to run out of ECUs? Because it seems like they've been using turtle toes a ton. <laughs> and, like, are they going to – you know what I'm trying to say? Like, are they going to have staying yeah, power? Yeah, well, what I saw was uh, the monster guy was on IR, so that's kind of why the turtle was uh, playing. Yeah. I would tell you, it looks like they have some real good ECUs. They've obviously been winning. Um, I think what's going to happen here now, it really just kind of depends on how these guys are. They haven't, you know, they've ECU'd so many times, it's kind of hard to see how the team will mesh all together. Mm-hmm. As long as they just keep up their pace, or at least do something similar to it, they should have no problems taking a wild card spot, maybe even a spot from the Coyotes, although I don't think the Coyotes are going to slip too much. I think they're going to be able to tighten up and get that third spot yeah for sure i think they had a rough end of their week six but overall they've been a very good team so i'm not worried about them um also one thing i forgot to make a note of in my notes when i was talking about toronto this team has the least amount of one goal games in the league except for a couple teams which are in very different situations than this team so obviously they're pretty good at uh at having the game not be too tight, at least keep it two yep. goals or more. But yeah, I just that was something that jumped out to me that they haven't really played too many tight games. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, yeah, I agree with you on that. Yep. <clears throat> Next, we will go to the trade portion. Jaren, I'm gonna pause it and throw a dip in. Give me a sec. Yeah, take your time, dude. All right, guys. Next, we're gonna go to the trade segment. I'm gonna let Jaren run through all the trades. Jaren, take it away. All right. So we have Vegas trading Chicago's thir- third round pick to the Leafs part of an AHL deal. And for the next trade, we have Philly trading Fear of Pan, Whiskey X, Henrique, for Someone Stop Me Please, first-round pick, Lions X63, Reggie Cush 88, and a third-round pick. <clears throat> then we have Winnipeg Jets trading No Thumbs, Sweaty F, and Coach X19 to Philly for McFlurry and Troops. And then we have another AHL deal here, Rybish for a third-round pick. <clears throat> And then we have a trade reversal due to bad faith. I'm not exactly sure what the bad faith was, but it was Montreal, Hall of Fame's 31, King Formless, and Ferocious going to Philly for Vio, Nino, and Jupiter's Wrath, 13. Then we have a big one here by Colorado and Buffalo. Colorado trading um, <clears throat> Seattle's first-round pick, Oki, Calgary's second, Bobrow, Mashad, 26, and Fox, 1 for Leporskin. Big Tony, Gentry, and Master Ted QC. Next, we have the Rangers trading a second-round pick to Seattle, part of an AHL deal. And then we have Seattle trading Montreal's third pick to Vegas for Rybish, part so of that, an AHL deal as well. That was, a, that was a repeat one. That's because Yeti did a trade before he even finished his games for the week. He had, like, a reschedule, so that's why it showed up twice. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. And then we have Nino, 27, and a second-round pick going to Philly for Hall of Fame 31. And then we have Seattle sitting New York's New York Rangers, second-round pick to Minnesota, part of an AHL deal. We have the Islanders trading <clears throat> the Kings, second-round pick to Calgary, part of an AHL deal. 
We have Columbus trading Ottawa's second-round pick to the Rangers as part of an AHL deal. We have Saquon traded for Dukey. We have Wooly X33 and Chicago Lights from the Kings traded to Chicago for TBS Pirate and Chumley. We have Pittsburgh's Holtby traded for AG Maisie from Philly. And we have Reigns 5580 traded to New Jersey for Chelsea Snipes. Then we have a second round pick from Anna or Montreal. Excuse me. <clears throat> we have Anaheim trading Montreal second round pick to Detroit, part of an AHL deal. We have San Jose trading Edmonton's third round pick to Boston, part of an AHL deal. That also includes um, Crimson Storm to Boston. And we also have Anaheim trading Nyquist X12 to Nashville for Mad Vinny and Straight Inc. And we have Buffalo trading Calgary second round pick to Ottawa for B Crisps X31. Oh, put some respect on his name. That's that's B Crips. That's an OG. Oh, sorry. Not Chris. Respect for B Crips. Oh shit. <clears throat> I'll re I'll redo that. <laughs> we have Buffalo trading Calgary second round pick for B Crips X31. And finally, we have Big Matt Way going to San Jose for Bo Preo. Yeah, I was waiting for you to doctor that one up. I was I was just like really excited for you to take that name. Yeah, so Bo, um, Bo <clears throat> oh yeah, Bo Preo or whatever. Yeah, so Nyquist X12, the guy that we traded for, Jiren, that's formerly Cadillac Eldo. So if some of you guys yep. don't know him as as Nyquist. Um, couple things. First, I wanted to say I give these NHL owners a hell of a lot of credit for giving these AHL teams so many high picks, second and first round picks for being traded in AHL deals going into the trade deadline for teams that were that are very much in the playoff hunt. So those AHL owners, if you're listening, give your fucking owner a huge thank you for letting you have uh, access to those assets because man, those like going into the deadline that could be the difference between a fucking trade getting done or not. Uh huh. Obviously, there's a couple really big trades that we should touch on. I think that they have potential to really realign the fucking league, to be honest. So, Jiren, I'll let you go first. Which one really sticks out to you as the biggest trade of the week? Biggest trade of the week? I would say, because of sheer size, um, Colorado's trade, Colorado-Buffalo. Yeah. Trading two picks and four players for another four players. It's a big trade. So I think the one that's going to get swept under the rug but should probably get brought to the forefront is actually the McFlurry and Troobs deal. I think McFlurry and Troobs for Coach, which I know he's a PSN guy, and um, no thumb, sweaty AF, I know him from eSports or whatever. But, like, that's a huge fucking deal for a team that's already tied in their division and looking to keep reloading for the playoff push. They already have a phenomenal line with the uh, Hendry, M. Farah, and Fisher line. And McFlurry will definitely help them get some more. I mean, like that's that's some top end skill that they can just plug on their second line. That's that's a fucking huge deal. Uh-huh. A couple things I wanted to say. I think there's a couple teams that making some deals that had people kind of like, what the fuck? Uh, I think Philly is self imploding for I don't know what reason. I don't think that they think they have enough to catch. Like I said, those uh, that that division and the Western Pacific. It's really you got to get a divisional spot or you might not get a wild card at all. So I think Philly took a real uh, real hard look at their roster and decided to blow it up. Yep. And I think LA's in the same situation. I think that Wooly and Chicago Lights deal is uh, really one-sided, to be honest. I think uh, Chicago definitely won the trade, 
and L.A., I think, is just trying to get pieces that will show up the rest of the way. Yep. But, yeah, going touching back on that, that Colorado deal, this is a huge deal for Colorado. I mean, they moved a lot of pieces on their team, and they're, they're, in, a, they're in the hunt, too. So, like, really big mm-hmm. shakeup, really big shakeup. And they got some, uh, like I said earlier, like they have some, they have some assets now. Like they got Anaheim's first in an AHL deal. Like holy fuck! I mean, they got some assets to keep adding. Yeah. All right. Any, yeah. Any uh, other ones stick out to you? Um, one thing I'd like to talk about also was the Philly Tampa Bay deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Lions, it's obviously a big deal. Uh, just due to some info I have because I talked to one of the guys in Tampa. Apparently, um, Lions ping sucks now. So, <laughs> good luck with that, Philly. Um, Yikes. <laughs> apparently <That's> he moved <laughs> home. Touching back on the corona thing, he was forced to go back home, and because he went, when he went home, the ping is just terrible, which obviously doesn't translate to success. That's Damn. kind of the rumor that's going around. So, uh, hate to see something like that. But, yeah, that's, uh, kind, that's kind of a tough look. Yeah, I, but I that's just what I've heard. It. I don't know if it's true. Mm. I don't know if Philly knows that. I don't know if it's even true. It's just what I've been hearing as a rumor. ASAP cool boy with the inside scoop. Yep, cool boy here. Um, another deal that'll kind of that'll be uh, not a significant one because I think this team's really good. But the Chell Snipes deal for Reigns, I mean that's a that's a pretty big deal. Reigns has got another season at a mill. He's a fantastic goalie. Chell Snipes is a Michigan Mafia member. Really familiar with his game. We've played club with him quite a bit. Well, that we played club with him, uh, and we were really impressed with him. So I think that Philly did get a guy that they could count on next season if. Uh, if uh, Ray decides to come back, I know he had made mention that he's not, but whoever takes over the team, Chell Snipes is a really good goaltender. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, New Jersey wanted to get that phantom goalie. I believe Range is their phantom goalie. Yep. So uh, yep. they have the, the lineup now together. Yep, good call. So there's a lot of teams with uh, eSports lineups, and it pays off because all those teams are at towards the top of the league. So obviously you got the phantoms in New Jersey. You got a hidden potential uh, mishmash line in Tampa. And then, obviously, there's a couple other teams as well that have been able to add guys from their eSports lineups. So that wraps yep. up trades for the week. Actually, that doesn't wrap up trades for the week because uh, after I sent you these notes, uh, after I sent you these notes, there's a couple trades. So I'll just go over those real quick. Ottawa sends Disney is greedy. Dangle 53, a second and a third for Theos and Mala from Florida. So Bobby, a.k.a. Taser, really trying to uh, – flip the roster and try to get back into some relevance. I think uh, Theos is a good player. Mala is a good player, esports defenseman. So those are two good pickups. He definitely didn't give up much to get them, so good for him. And then Nashville sending our boy Base Camper to Columbus for a second-round pick and Gary Guru. Uh, really tough trade for me just because Base Camper is such a good fucking dude. Like, oh, my God, it, it really sucks because this is Cletus's guy from the beginning of the season that he wanted to bring back into the league. And, He's been nothing but a fucking stud as far as like his attitude and everything. I know things haven't gone the way we want in Nashville, but he's been yep. as steady as they come as far as attitude and effort. So I really hope that uh, he does really well in Columbus. I think that Columbus has a good group of guys, and he'll fit right in. Yep. Hopefully he can make a playoff push and make playoffs. Yep. Okay, so next we're going to go to teams going into the deadline that we think need to make a move to load up for a playoff push. Um. I will start, Jaren. I got three teams. I know you got three as well. One of our teams is the same team, so maybe uh, I'll, I'll do them last. All right, so now we're going to move to those teams that we are that we think need to make moves. My first one, uh, I guess I'll just list out the three of them. I have Columbus, Calgary, and Montreal. 
I think these teams need to make uh, moves going into this week, either the end of this week or at least next week at the deadline. I think these teams have really solid cores but lack the depth to really make a run. If their top-end talent is going to get them to the playoffs, these owners need to try to supplement that top-end talent with quality depth players and acquisitions to help round out their rosters. So Columbus is looking for a third D pairing and maybe an upgrade to the third forward unit as well. I know they just acquired Dukey, so they're hoping he can plug in and help them on the third line. I think Wags and company have a really solid top two lines being led by Wags's line and um, the French unit consisting of uh, Ringy, John Bree, and Dubs. So I think that they have two really solid lines. He just needs to get a little bit more depth. He needs to get creative to get a couple pieces that will plug in on the third line. Obviously, I just mentioned he also acquired Base Camper. He's hoping Base Camper can be uh, one of those guys to plug in on the third deep pairing to really help him down the stretch. I think with Philly collapsing voluntarily, it almost seems, uh, they need to take advantage of this and widen their six-point gap on Washington and really suffocate them out of the playoff race and just make it a two-horse race between them and... um, who the fuck am I forgetting? Uh, I gotta pull up the standings. Detroit. No. Oh yeah, it would be it would be Detroit for the for the wild card. You're correct. Yep. So the second team would be Calgary. I made that mistake earlier. Yeah. So Calgary's definitely in a similar situation as Columbus. I think they have a great top line led by Dangs and Weapon. The players beneath them have either been underperforming or have been flat out just not not good for them. This team has the ability to score goals, and with Pugarino playing at a high level, I think that was an underrated acquisition by uh, Dangs. And they also have J. King, who's played in some huge ESHL games before, so they have do they have uh, two solid goaltenders that should be able to help them in a playoff series. I think with a little bit more consistency and from the looks of it, better availability, these guys uh, these guys could be looking to make a push down the stretch. I think. Uh, when I was looking at their roster, they had it wasn't just like one or two guys. They had quite a few guys not playing the full slate of games as of now. So the mm. third team I have can hit the team hard. Oh no doubt. I mean it can fucking cripple a team. So the third team that I have and I know that you have as well is Montreal. They were my last team that I think needs to make a splash this weekend or next. They already tried to hijack some guys from the sinking Philly ship. But the league stepped in and had a trade reversal due to bad faith. Like we said, we're not exactly sure what the bad faith was, but uh, I'll try to get some more information on that. Not sure if they will figure out another deal with those guys or what, but Montreal has the pieces to acquire some uh, top-end talent if they choose to. With two presumed lottery picks as of this time in their arsenal, as well as guys that have been playing well enough or like having okay seasons, they could seriously upgrade with some teams in a different situation looking to just uh, get assets for next season. I think a a spot of concern for this team is the backup goalie position. They have one of the top goaltenders in the league in Sorokin. He's been incredible as of now, and I would have to say he's probably like a Vesna midseason leader. But they need some help to help share the load in the playoff series where they can take some pressure off this guy. They don't want him to just be the only one. They need to be able to count on a backup to steal a game. So look for this team to also add a couple forwards. I think they could use a couple couple better forwards as well. You there, Jaren? Yep, yep. I was just waiting for you. To, I was making sure you were finished. Yeah, no problem. Go right ahead <laughs> with your teams. Okay. So my three teams that I feel need to make a trade here are, again, Montreal, um, like Shy. I also have Colorado, who obviously did just make a trade, but I think they need to do a little more, and San Jose. So, <clears throat> again, Montreal, they have, t- they have a tough spot with their backup position. Um, I think adding some firepower, I'm looking – and they have a low amount of goals for compared to the other playoff teams, so they're definitely going to want to add some more firepower 
to be able to get some more, obviously get more goals for it, but, um, you know, def defense wins championships, so if they already have a good defensive base, you know, maybe adding one or two more players that can put the puck in the net a little better, we can go a long way for a team like that. <clears throat> With San Jose, you know, it started off pretty hot. Uh, looks like they lost their playoff spot to Vancouver slash Calgary. They're tied right now. Um, I think, again, San Jose, you know, I'm looking, they have a decent amount of goals for, but, um, I would say they want to get a touch on the fire, on the um, offense here, and then they want to touch on their depth defenseman, maybe grab another fifth or sixth guy to shore it up. I think that's what they're missing here is their depth, because they have the Haxby line who, before last week, had, didn't have a regulation loss, I believe. You know, they're definitely buzzing, so I think the depth defense is going to be a big thing for San Jose. Trading Beaupre for Big Wet May is a big trade, and uh, I definitely think that's an upgrade for San Jose. Um, so Big Wet May might be what they need to kind of short up a little bit and make that playoff push. Yeah, and I think San Jose is for sure looking to upgrade their third line. I know that uh, our boys, yep. Lisa Don and, and Davey Donuts and, and Soapy and Polly haven't really been playing to what they've expected from themselves in the past. So I don't know if there's going to be a shakeup or anything, but uh, I think if uh, Sweet Lou were to upgrade anywhere, it would have to be those guys because, like we said, his, his other two lines are pretty set in stone. Yeah, they're buzzing. They're winning games. There's no reason. Yeah, and, and I'm not too worried about San Jose either just because they had a they had a tough week this week. So I'm looking for mm -hmm. them to bounce back and firmly take over that third, the third spot in the Western Pacific. Yep. And last but not least, I have Colorado as one of the teams that make, needs to make a trade. They definitely did recently, grabbing a couple defensemen and uh, trading Fox and Oki. So I definitely think that's going to help their game. I know a lot of their games were high scoring, you know, 4-3, 5-6, 6-7, stuff like that. So that's definitely going to help keep the scoring down against them. Now it'll be inter interesting to see how the offense does trading two of their players away. Um, what I would say is kind of give it a week, see how they mesh. But I think adding in another nice piece at forward. I know you mentioned they had a couple of picks left over, so they can definitely use one of those and upgrade just to be able to push and uh, hopefully grab maybe even a third divisional spot. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, they got a guy that has a big name and big Tony. Um, obviously, we know him as an eSports goalie, one of the best, but uh, he always plays out, it seems, in league, and he does pretty well for himself, so I know that he's probably just enjoying playing forward. Uh, they mm -hmm. got they got our former owner, Gentry, who's a nice uh, nice role piece, and uh, they also got Laporshkin, mm -hmm. who I, you talked about, you know, like the fifth or sixth defenseman. I think he's a little better than that, so I do think I, yep. I agree with you as well that they need to find one more D-man. But Lapo getting it uh, added to the squad's a big addition as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think those are so what? Are, so what do we have? We have uh, you and I both have Montreal. You had Colorado. You had San Jose. I had Calgary and Columbus. So those are the five teams we're really looking to make a move. So next, we'll move on to our players of the week, the last segment of the show. Um, I'm gonna do three forwards, three defensemen, three goalies. Jaren, you can do how many ever, or you can do as many as you'd like. I don't, I don't really care. So uh, okay. if you'd like to start, go right ahead. Um, I wasn't prepared for this part, so you go first. Rip. All right, so I will go first. Jiren's going to be picking just the guys with the medals next to their name. Um, <laughs> my first guy for forward was Verathi. He's 3-0 and this week with nine points. He's 10-3-1 on the season. I think that's a pretty good uh, a pretty good showing on a, on a team that's had some inconsistencies, so congrats to him. Next would be CM from Anaheim. 
He went 3-0 this week. He's 12-2-1 on the season. He finished this week with a big performance against San Jose's third line. A lot of points. He's been a major bright spot for Anaheim with the Hobbs line. And then third would be Thabad, or I believe this is Rocket, 97. So this guy, uh, definitely the best contract in the league, I think, based on his last two seasons. 14 points on the week. He beat the Hendry and Fisher line in a premier matchup as well. So huge, huge week for him. I did want to give uh, a, a little uh, extra credit, so I guess uh, this isn't an additional player, but rather an entire unit. Columbus's French line went 3-0 and this week and swept uh, the Players of the Week award. So I'm going to I'm gonna snake him from Jiren real quick so he can't fucking say all three <laughs> of them. Uh, so congrats to Ringy, John Bree, and Dubs on the, on the big week. So next I'll move to defense. First defenseman I wanted to give credit to would be MX Tayer. He went 3-0 and this week. He led defenseman scoring as far as goals-wise. He had three goals on the week, seven points total, and a solid plus 11 on the week. Next, I'm going to do the uh, an actual deep pairing. I think Sleeman and Heroic Duck should get some props. They went 3-0, a couple big games. 9-0, uh, or sorry, went 3-0, and uh, Sleeman kicked in nine points as well as Duck chipped in four of his own. Huge plus 16 on the week. And then my last defenseman is King Kaner from Tampa. He went 3-0 with 5 points and a plus 6 rating. This guy's been quietly having a phenomenal season. Uh, he's been playing with uh, Ice Cream Trucks line. He's 12-0-3 on the season with 20 points of his own on the back end. Like I said, quietly having a monster year. Next, I'll move to the goalies. And uh, we've mentioned Colorado a few times. This is one of the guys that they had just acquired recently, A Danger. He went 3-0, 85.3% save percentage. Didn't play any hard teams, but he did what he did, uh, or he did what he had to do, and hopefully has stopped the Colorado goaltending carousel, like I had mentioned earlier. Um, Tex243 from Edmonton. This guy's been an absolute cornerstone for this team. He went 5-1 this uh, week with an 85.7 save percentage. He's had a, a, a great run anchoring for Edmonton, so continue your great season, dude. And we've mentioned this guy a few times as well, but Vanix, he went 4-1 this week with an 84.3% save percentage. This guy's continuing to grind even for a subpar team as, uh, as far as Vegas. This guy's just been uh, putting the team on his back and putting him in the position to win games when the, the team overall hasn't really been winning too many games. All right, you ready, Jiren? I'm ready. All right, bro, take it away. Okay, so <clears throat> one forward I'd like to point out here for Player of the Week is Barube X9. Um, he had a little bit of a tough start, but he's really come into his own 3-0 and rookie as well. Um, put up 12 points. You know, he's on a good team. However, I wouldn't discount him just because of that. The guy's been winning his games. He's not He's not their top line. Obviously, he's a second, third line guy, but to come in as a rookie and be able to do that is great. So want to give Barube some shout-out, also known as QC KT Tsunami. I uh, want to give a shout-out to Turtle Toes as well. Even though he's technically not on roster, he came, ECU'd all three, and won all three. That's huge for a team that is in the playoff race. So that's a big week for Turtle there. <clears throat> and last but not least, I want to give a shout-out to <clears throat> Levechkin, who went, also went 3-0 with Boston, uh, put up 11 points, had a real good week this week, and looking to solidify that number one spot, number two spot in the division. For defense, want to give a shout-out to MX Tayer, plus 11 on the week. Fucking idiot, also, that was my guy. first guy. <laughs> I can still say your guy, too. Bro. I'm picking the metal guys, remember? Yeah. <laughs> MX Tayer, plus 11 on the week, along with uh, Edemic, with another plus 11. 
Um, one guy who <clears throat> I'd also like to give a shout-out, Dupes plus 17 on the week. That is huge. Big 3-0 and for these guys, especially Dupes in the playoff race. 3-0 and is huge. And uh, Mashad, you went 3-0 and on right D. I know you did just get moved, but for your team, that is on the edge. That is huge as well. And right for on. goalie, I want to give a shout-out to SVG. Went 2-0-1. I know when we played him, he was rock solid. So, great job back there, SVG. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Bardon Beauty, 4-0. Granted, he's on a great team, but he's <clears throat> still putting up the big numbers, and you need a goalie to be consistent if you're going to win games, good or not. Again, I know you said this guy, but Vanex went 4-1 on a struggling team with an 84.3. That is insane. Good, good job, Vanex. Keep up the good work. Wow, man, you really prepped hard for that one. Um, I, I honestly, I didn't even, I didn't even know it was coming. Yeah. So, so um, <laughs> if that's, yeah, rip. So you mentioned Bardon Beauty. It seems like we mention this guy every week. He's just been consistent as fuck for both teams he's played for. And ever since he got to Seattle, he took his game to the next level. I think this guy uh, has had a hell of a season. He's making us look smart as hell for just, you know, just stroking this dude off all season. <laughs> yeah. All right, so those are our players of the week. I think that'll pretty much wrap it up for us here, Jiren. I don't have anything else. Do you want to talk about anything else? Uh, no, nothing comes to mind. All right, guys, so we're going to wrap it up here. Obviously, like we mentioned earlier, please continue to uh, be responsible for yourself and those around you with the whole corona thing. Obviously, follow whatever your state or local ordinances are, and like, let's try to get this done so I can go outside and fucking I, I'm dying because all the golf courses are starting to open up, and I'm just like, dude, like I just want to go fucking rip the sticks so bad, and I'm not gonna until everything figures itself out, I guess. So I'm just gonna continue putting yeah. in my fucking living room into a fucking cup. I mean, I am dying to get out there. Yeah, and I got student loans to pay, guys. So stay inside so I can pay them bitches back. Yeah, well, hopefully they uh, well they they took off the interest on them, so at least you don't have to pay interest. Yeah, yeah. So I can I can I can hold off on the payment because it hasn't been six months since I graduated. But uh, I want to get them paid as soon as possible because you know yeah. that is bad. So yeah, no doubt. And I I wish I would have fucking <laughs> bought that house that I was gonna buy because I wouldn't have had to pay my fucking mortgage for like three or four months just fucking coast on that boy. Yeah. Well, your house might go down in price now if you were to. That is buy, true. You know, that is true. I could probably offer way less now. I mean, they were already. They were already going to take, what, 15 under asking? So, like, fuck, like, who knows now? Give it a shot, see what goes. No doubt. All right, buddy. Well, thank you so much. Yep. We'll talk to you guys later. Take it easy, boys. Boys, I completely fucked up. Jiren, I had to bust his balls on this show, and I fucking forgot. I let him off, e- I let him off easy this week. Next week, I'll have to uh, have him recap his, his uh, grocery shopping debacle prepping for the, uh, like, staying inside this dude is a fucking meme all right take it easy boys talk to you guys next week